What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I got to sit down and talk to my good friend, Erica, about her health and fitness journey. It was a pretty cool experience for me because I got to learn a lot about Erica that I didn't already know. Erica's fitness journey started when she was 13, when she uh, was hitting the weight room and continues today. I mean, she's got an undergrad degree and a master's degree all focused around health and fitness. And hopefully, if COVID allows, she'll be getting her PhD in health promotion. Uh, She'll be working on that soon. During this episode, we talked about a ton of topics. We talked about things like body positivity, uh, Instagram and social media, how that can affect you, body dysmorphia, all different things. And Erica really opened up about, you know, some of her own personal struggles. And it was really uh, relieving to see somebody who's been focused on their health and fitness for so long goes through the same struggles as you and I and all, and everyone goes through. So there was a lot of really uh, good information and inspiring stuff in this episode. I hope that you guys enjoy it. With that said, if you guys need a little help on your health and fitness journey, make sure you check out the Hungry for Success uh, community. It's a private Facebook page. Uh, we are sharing our struggles, our successes, and uh, doing check-ins and meal prep and all this different stuff on there. So if you guys want to be a part of that, make sure to send me a DM and I will get you the link. So with that said, that's enough of me talking. Here she is. Here is Erica. We're back and I am here with my good friend, Erica. What's up? What's up? So Erica is the first in-person guest of the Hungry for Success podcast. Uh, How does that feel, Erica? I'm privileged to be here. You are. And just so all the listeners know, we are 15 feet apart at least and have a double mask on. We're being very, very safe. Very safe during this pandemic. So I wanted to start off and say that I think that you are like superwoman or something. Like you're you're out of this world because, and the reason I say this is because you've maintained your fitness, you had a bomb-ass wedding that I was honored to be a part of, and you bought a house in a year with a pandemic. How does a person do that? Uh, lots of coffee, <laughs> um, Rob giving me lots of space, <laughs> but really it was just. I mean, we didn't have a choice after we were, like, down the path of building the home. Yeah. Like, we already sunk, you know, money into it. So I was like, well, there's no turning back. And then it was either postpone the wedding or have it. And I was like, I don't want to build this house, move in, and then have a wedding. Like, didn't fit my timeline. So just persevered and prayed that we could have our wedding still, which, you know, happened. Great. I'm sure that took a lot of, uh, you know, discipline, pre-planning, all the same stuff that it takes – uh, for a person to, you know, maximize their fitness, you know, and that kind of, I think those things relate to um, a lot of different uh, facets of your life, don't you think? Yes, it definitely took a lot to mentally stay in the game in the sense of I had an ideal body I wanted for my wedding and honeymoon and what I wanted to end the year on, like physique-wise. And then it was just really hard to... Like, every day, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do wedding planning. I have to go pick out stuff for the house. I need to get to the gym. I also have to get up at 4 a.m. and go to work. So it's like trying to do it all was – don't recommend it. <laughs> Doctor's recommendation, not here. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not easy. But so 
you are now married to one of my best friends. And so the whole time I've known you, quite a while now, you have been a um, super fit person. But I don't know, like, your whole backstory as far as um, how you got into fitness, um, how what role that's played in your life, and obviously the listeners don't either. So can you give us a little bit of background? So I started weightlifting when I was 13. Local YMCA, family, you know, gym, nothing crazy like basically all machine, little rack of weights. Started there with a friend of mine from grade school. Just going into high school is when I started. Kind of just like over the summer, he taught me different lifts, and I kind of watched the swim team that would come in around the time I'd be in the gym and what the coach was telling them. So kind of just mimicked their workouts. And then I started like writing my own workouts, like upper body, lower body, and like cardio. And then I went into high school and got into sports, so didn't really do a lot of planning, but off-season was, like, big weightlifting for me. I just, like, really enjoy lifting weights and being in the gym environment is, like, kind of where I felt better than, like, actual practice. And I stopped playing sports, kept weightlifting, like, through through it all. And then college was just, like, probably first two years I was pretty strong about maintaining weightlifting and then died off college shows. You know, kind of had other priorities. There's a reason they talk about the freshman system. Yeah. I gained that probably my junior year, senior <laughs> year, for sure. You're a late bloomer to take that one. I was. I was. I was definitely, I was doing a lot of sorority um, team events, like, what those called? Like, flag football and stuff like that that you played. Yeah. And so I was doing that a lot. And I was, like, trained for those. Very competitive. <laughs> um, I really would. Like, I really would train for, like, the flag football. And then I got into boxing my sophomore year of college. That was really intense. Um, I almost did actually EKU fight night with Sigma Chi. I was signed up to do that. And the person saw that I was, like, actually strong. The girl, I guess, from EKU was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to fight her. So then you all brought in, like, a real fighter who's, like, done fights. And I was like, no, I'm out. (laughs) I was like, this is for a charity. A little too much for me. I was like, I don't want to die for a charity. So I was like. So that was fun. And I still love boxing. I'd love to get back into that. But that's kind of like where I'm at. Now I just like weightlift and fitness at least something every day at this point. So you would say that fitness, weightlifting has been a part of your life, you know, from a very, very young age. Yes, I would say that I was influenced early by my parents. Yeah, so is that how you got started in the gym with your parents? Yeah, specifically my mom, so... So she was a big uh, motivator motivator for fitness. Yeah, and I think it's because she was a track runner in high school. And I just didn't really have – like, I played basketball in grade school and played volleyball and softball. But I just didn't really have a passion for sports. Like, I liked the team environment, but I just never really felt like I was good enough. And so I'd be like, they're like, you going to try out this year? I was like, maybe. I don't know, you know. Yeah. And that's why my mom was like, well, you should start weightlifting. You should get in the gym. Like, feel better if you, you know, did some activity, like athletic activities, what she called it. And then. So you eventually did get into sports, right? Yeah. So do you think that your mom was right? Like the, uh, you know, the strength and stuff that you developed in the gym, did that give you the confidence to play sports? Yeah. I just felt like I was a little bit stronger than everybody else because I actually could like lift weights and I went to a private all-girls high school. So lifting weights wasn't really 
Uh, it wasn't practice. the number one activity for 13-year-old girls at the time. No, it was definitely like, we're going to run sprints and like jumping jacks. But I was definitely like, we should like be lifting weights. But I think it kind of shaped my love for the body, probably. Yeah, so um, like looking back on that, are you glad that your mom encouraged you to get in the weight room so young? I would say yes, because looking in hindsight, 2020. So I actually got stretch marks in high school, which probably a lot of people don't get in high school. Yeah. Young girls probably don't. Um, I was very lean, and then I'd get really bulky for basketball. Like, I would get, like, Laquan Barkley thighs as a girl <laughs> in high school. It was, like, wild. I really um, had really defined, and I still do to this day, really defined muscles in general. And then I'd lean out really hard for track, like, get real small and, like, run all day every day. So I actually got stretch marks on my thighs really early. I didn't think anything of it. Now it's like something people are trying to make normal, like normalized stretch marks for me. I was like, I thought everyone got these. <laughs> but I can see now how it can be really traumatizing um, for women. So that didn't like affect you at that time? Well, I guess maybe times are different. No one pointed them out to me. Yeah. Like boyfriends, friends. No one said like, what's that on your, like, what's that on your thighs? No, like now, I would say people probably point them out like, oh, she has stretch marks. But look, I guess I'm just not phased by them. But I can see how like if I had been pointed out as a younger girl, I could feel stretch marks there. So like the reason I asked you the question about, you know, if you think that was like positive or negative that your mom kind of pushed you that way is because, I mean, I hope that when Brittany and I have kids that, you know, I mean, neither one of us have great family genetics when it comes I do hope to encourage, like, our kids young to be physically active in some facet of strength training. Um, we both know, like, the deadlifting and catching helps your overall energy chemistry. So, you know, that's something that I want to do, but um, finding the right way to do that is hard. Yes. Back in the day, probably a lot easier. Now, more of a sensitive topic with kids and everything going on definitely would encourage all children 30 minutes I like that I don't know if that was Nike or whatever television they was like, like get out and play yeah get on play like that was really I feel like influential I mean like get on play and they took recess away from kids at some point so yeah so it's like I'm on the train of be physically active and I think this helps you in all aspects of life definitely just health wise inside out first you know yeah, I definitely I completely agree. And I look back, like, I've been overweight my entire life. And my parents always encouraged me to be physically active, but my dad also encouraged me to do strength training. Like, I had, like, I had a barbell, like, set up in my room when I was in middle school. And we were, like, benching and deadlifting and all this stuff, like, right off the jump. And I've always loved that stuff, kind of, you know, like you. Like, we're sitting – in our in my studio right now, aka my basement, and we have a squat rack like <laughs> not a hundred feet away from us, um, and that you know that comes similar to your story from that love of you know benching and squatting and deadlifting whenever I was in sixth grade. Yeah, I know it's kind of wild the ride that I've been on with fitness, like the love hate that it can create. Um, I definitely have found 
it's not a love hate. It's just like a respect I have for the body. So we talked about before this a little bit that you know you kind of got into a toxic relationship with fitness at a point. Do you think that you know? So a lot of people that are listening to the show could be a hundred pounds, two hundred plus pounds overweight, right? Um, do you think someone who's going to have to go through a journey like that could develop a toxic relationship with fitness? Yes. I mean, it's like anything else. It's definitely, I would say it's probably your viewpoint on it, but social media shapes it a lot. Um, they made fitness really hard. It's a trend that is good, but also, you know, with everything good that's trend-wise, there's definitely some negativity that comes with it. And some fitness people on social media have made it have made unhealthy habits become what people think are healthy. Weighing yourself every day, um, love your body movements can be unhealthy. Um, I mean, there's so many like running through my mind, but I just think you have to remember what you're doing it for. And if you're doing it to be skinny, you're doing the wrong thing. And I stand by that. Yeah, I think it's all in the way that it's. And, like, the problem with social media is, like, a lot of people view it as a business, and they're trying to sell you something, right? So they're, like, constantly trying to sell you the, like, quick fix, mm -hmm. um, like, the fitness and the wraps and, like, all this kind of stuff. And so it gets kind of in people's mind that they they don't play the long game, right? They're, like, I can get this thing and fix it. Or, you know, then they – it becomes a trend. And I like what you said that it gets – that they make it harder than it is, right? Fitness is super simple. It is. It's so simple. I don't know what happened. I don't know where this came from. I don't know if it's because people realize they can make money off of it and they can prey. It is. It's a predator. Like, you are preying on people who don't know what they're doing, and it's sad, and it's sick. Like, there are so many people on social media that I would call up right now, but I won't. <laughs> but I'm like, you have a problem. Stop. Um, it's so simple. I mean, but... Lack of education in our school system can steal, you know, yeah. nutrients, macronutrients, micronutrients. Some people are like, what? She said macronutrients. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that, obviously, until college. When I really started to study it for my degree, but just simple things. Yeah, and I don't want anybody to get us wrong. Like, you know, if you have 100 pounds and you're 200, 300, that's going to be hard. I think what Eric and I, I don't want to speak for you, I think, but what both of us are saying is, like, the X's and O's of it is – Right, like there is a a plan to do it. It is, you know, eat less calories than you expend, um, exercise, just burn more calories, gain a calorie deficit, lose weight, right? Is that right. kind of what, what we're talking about here? Yeah, and it's hard. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, sh oh, she's on here saying eat healthy, exercise. Like no, it's mental at this point. I mean, if I could give you a workout plan and a nutrient plan, doesn't mean you're going to do it. I yeah, but if you, you follow that to the right. exact thing, you're going to lose weight. Absolutely. Like, it's easy in that sense. In right? that theory, yeah. It's the, it's the mental aspect of things that is hard, but the mental aspect is not what they're selling you on Instagram, mm -mm. right? What they're selling you is the X's and O's and the quick fix that is supposed to get you there faster. Like, they talk about uh, things like uh, meal timing and intermittent fasting and, like, how she, you should be training and time between exercise and all this kind of stuff and those things do matter but in my opinion they matter if you're like an elite level athlete and you be in like exactly a certain amount of time between sets and you do 
deal with like on the dot. All these things are like, you know, those matter if you're a high performing athlete, but just the average person who's trying to get better and lose weight, like you have to look at the big picture and not get so consumed with the complexity. Right. I just think a lot of people see these Instagram people, Facebook people, um, and they think, wow, um, this booty guy will give me a butt in 30 days. Yeah. It's like, maybe, but they also have no fat on their body, and they're selling a guide. Like People aren't selling to their – it's crazy because it's like they're selling to a small portion of people who actually will achieve what their guy is saying when really it's like – we just need normal people telling people, hey, like you, this is what I did. Took me X amount of time. It's going to take you X amount of time as well. Or maybe not. Depends on your metabolism and how your body works. But it's like you don't need all this stuff. You just need the education on how to eat clean and you can have the unclean meal every now and then, how to hydrate, sleep, and go to the gym or get outside for 40 minutes. Yeah, and that's really – purpose of the show is like interviewing people who've been successful along with uh you know like a, a couple of other dietitians on the show people who are not trying to sell you a quick fix like i want it to be educational and inspirational so i try to bring people on who have who have done it and then also the people that know the science behind it or you know have like proven you know to be good people and to be able to share that quality information with people yeah and i think what I love about podcasts like this, it just shows the honesty about fitness and health. Like, we're not here to get you ripped. Like, you're not. You're here to get people healthy and just open their eyes up. There, You can do it. I've done it. And here's the tools I use. I didn't do a quick fix. I didn't take a tea and wake up 100 pounds less. So, and for people who think, like, if they're listening, like, oh, she's been lifting weights since 13. Yes. But I didn't have the education at 13. I'm just doing it. Earned the education through school. But, like, I also haven't been fit my whole life. So when you say, like, earn the education through school, so, like, what did you study? So I got my undergraduate degree in exercise science with a minor in health promotion. And then I went back for my master's for health promotion. And I got a certificate, like, a certification on the side that you can only get if you have your master's. Um, it's called CES, or Certified Health Education Specialist. So that's what my, like, bread and butter is health promotion and wellness. Overall, like, the social determinants for health equity and, you know, I'm more concerned about communities being unhealthy versus the individual. Um, but that's where kind of my love is. So, like, if I can get you on an individual level, I will. But if I can affect a community, like, tenfold, I would. I, I mean, I think that's awesome. And that's probably the best way to go about it. individual person um but what we talked we talked a lot about right here is like you know showing people that it can be done through your own experience and so has there been a time that you have been affected by your weight or been yourself overweight or something along those lines yeah so my senior year which was like 2017 i was upwards 190 pounds so i said about on my frame five seven um and i was definitely thick with not two feet that's <laughs> just a joke but I mean I was I, yeah, a little bit like that <laughs> I definitely um was overweight I mean I was 
Like, I've seen pictures of myself three years ago, and I always go like to my family, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> but, like, how do you tell someone that? And I'm like, agreed. Don't ever tell somebody that. But also, tell somebody that. I was unhealthy. I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle. I wasn't, I was eating clean-ish, like, Monday through Wednesday. And I was having maybe two meals. And I was drinking a lot. I was in senior in college, and I was headed into grad school. Wasn't sleeping. Was not hydrating. Probably had a water bottle a day. And it's crazy to think that, like, my freshman year, working out every day, um, hydrating efficiently, and sleeping was really good. So I kind of realized, like, I've really lost track of all handles of wellness right now. So do you think that you could stop making that a priority in your life at this point? Definitely. People I surrounded myself with, I mean, my social circle was not about fitness. It's not about health. It's not about anything that was a priority to me, like, two years before. I was definitely surrounded by toxic influence, but I don't think they knew they were toxic. I didn't know they were toxic. We're all definitely out of that you know, zone now, but in the moment, it was just like, when can we party next? Got to get to class. Got to get some kind of meal in before I go party again. So, so I want to stop you right here for just a second because, so definitely don't want you to take this the wrong way, but for my show, like, you definitely represent, like, the normal person, mm-hmm. but you were a normal person who made, like, an awesome transformation, in my opinion, and I guess it's really, really pushy. Um, but the people who typically listen to my show have an ex- a large, uh, extreme, like, amount of weight to lose, right? Mm-hmm. But it kind of happens in the same way. Like, it happened to me the same way, in that I was going through grad school, not paying attention to my weight, and it just wasn't a priority for me. And it was, like, 5 pounds a year, 10 pounds a year, 15 pounds a year. And so that kind of seems like what happens to you, which is the same thing that happens to the people who get extremely overweight or thin or whatever. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I remember stepping on the scale one day and it was like 191. And I was like, yo. I remember like looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, what? What? I mean, like nine pounds away from being 200 pounds? I was like, no way. Step off. Step back on. Step off. Step back on. I was like, no way. I didn't do anything, though. I said, screw it. I don't care. So I was defeated. I never thought I'd weigh that much. If that can happen to someone who's, like, been lifting and and caring about their fitness so much since they were 13, it can happen to anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it happened in two years. I probably put on 50 pounds in two years. Like, it was insane. I just didn't know what happened. But then I was so defeated that I, like, lost sight of what made me happy, and I just gave it up for a lifestyle that just didn't make me happy, but it was momentarily happiness, obviously. And then just kind of removed some people going into grad school. I mean, graduation helped. A lot of my friends moved away, got jobs in different cities, different states, and that helped a lot because I wasn't partying every night, but I was still surrounded by some people who definitely lived the party lifestyle, and I was like, yeah, I'm in grad school. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep, like, gaining the weight. I was like, I am so unhealthy. I, like, didn't feel good. Like, it was like, I just didn't feel good. I think it's just, like, if it, you're going to wake up one day, I believe, truly believe. I mean, hopefully, everyone. You have, like, a moment. Kind of just snap. Hopefully for everybody. Not everybody will have that moment. You need need a little bit of guidance and push. But there will be a day where you're like, not anymore. I can't do this anymore. Well, this is something I talk to everybody about because I'm always interested to when a person's moment 
so like a calm moment was I went to the doctor and they're like, you know, like you're performing surgery or whatever. Like you have high blood pressure, your sugar's on the verge of being diabetic, you need 300 and almost 50 pounds at 26 or whatever years old. Like this is not the track for a long life. And you know, like I wanted Brittany, I wanted the long life, I wanted kids, I wanted all these things. And like that was the moment, like at that very moment, I was like, like crap, I'm done, I'm leaving. Other people that's like a car wreck or a cancer scare. Like I've had all kinds of different stories on the show, so it's always super, you know, happy to hear that. But like I don't hear a lot of people who make a substantial change without something like that. Yeah. I think I just woke up one day <clears throat> in my duplex, and I couldn't put on a pair of jeans that I loved. I couldn't put them on. I was like, what? I've always wear these jeans. I'm like, what? How? No. I was like, these are different jeans. These aren't my jeans. These are my friend's <laughs> jeans. And I just remember, like, then I just went through all my clothes, and I couldn't put any of them on. I mean, I could, but I wasn't comfortable. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, screw this. And then... But, like, a year ago, I just bought all new clothes. Like, two years, like probably a year and a half, two years. Like, when I had that moment on the scale. So, now I'm buying new clothes that fit me. Made me feel better. And then those clothes didn't fit. And I was like, the scale didn't change that much. It was like, I think I actually went down, like, two pounds, maybe. But I was like, they don't fit. They don't fit comfortably. I'm not happy. And I kind of just was like, went back to the gym. I literally just went back to the gym. And I just started lifting. I mean, I wore, like, three sweatshirts one day. <laughs> and, like, never wore shorts. Had my first, I actually had my first shorts moment, which I know some girls who listen to this are like, what? I'm like, yeah, my first shorts moment was probably a year ago. I wore shorts to the gym. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big thing for, like, yeah. a lot of girls, right? And a big thing for a lot of guys is, like, the first time they feel confident taking their shirt off at the gym, right? Because, like, a lot of guys who are overweight are, like, super nervous. Mm-hmm. So I can assume like this is relatable to girls yes. wearing shorts. Yeah, and I just kept going. I just kept going. And then I lost 20 pounds in like three months going into my second year of grad school. Uh, maybe like 2018, January-ish. Joined a new gym and started to lose weight rapidly. Yeah, and so from what I understand, like, so you've been working with a coach that's training with you the entire time that I've been with, and I've always been interested in that, and, like, so you're educated in this topic, like, highly educated. You've been lifting since you were 13. Like, why a coach? Like, you're obviously capable of doing it yourself, so what made you make that decision? So I lost the 20 pounds. So I was down to 161. I was plateauing. And I was making my plans, and I got tired. I was, like, trying to, because, you know, I'm heavily involved with research in grad school at this point. I was, um, just got back from previous summer Amsterdam. Like, I was totally full-blown trying to get it done. And I was like, I'm tired of making plans. I'm tired of trying to figure out what my macros should be. And I feel like I'm being honest with myself, but I was like, I need an outside perspective to really tell me where I'm at and, like, where I need to go. And I was under-eating, wildly enough. I was. So I was plateauing. Wasn't fueling my body enough. So I was eating three meals a day, one snack. I wanted five meals a day, one snack. Then I lost 10 more pounds in the matter of, like, four months. Um, trying to put 10 pounds of muscle on, lost 10 pounds of ebb and flow. It's just gone through. 
I just went to a coach because I needed that someone to tell me, like, you're, yes, congrats, you lost 100 pounds, you look good, you look healthy, everything is normal for you, um, but if you want to make the changes you want to make, as in physique-wise, uh, yes, you need a coach to do that, for me, personally, I needed that. Yeah. So you wanted to, like, take it to the next level? I did, yeah, I wanted to, like, get the striations and the shoulders and separate yeah. the, the quads. Which is why I used the coach as well, like, felt pretty confident in what I had, you know, I mean, I'd already had some practice and stuff, but I wanted to take this to a different level, so that's why I went with the coach, I mean, I feel capable, but, <laughs> so this is the question I have for you, so you are not using a coach anymore? Right? No. Okay, so I'm not either, and so it's like a fear that I have myself is like, I did this before, I've had the coach, I've been like so regimented for a year, and the coach's plan I've not had to think for myself at all. Like mm-hmm. I just do what's on the paper. And so now I'm back to doing my own programming, my own nutrition, the whole nine yards. And it's a little intimidating to go back because I don't feel the same. I'm not paying someone. So I don't feel the same like requirement to stick to a plan. Like it might be like, oh, I'll go in the gym today and I'll stick to my shoulders. I'm going to do a little bit of this and not the plan that I've wrote out for myself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I've had my moment, excuse me, like, oh, two days ago, I think. But I'm going to be honest, I've had a moment, <laughs> straight up moment. Rob can tell you about it. It was the car, left the gym. I was like, would you be mad if I picked up Tyler again? And shout out, Bill by Betson, that was my coach, um, for almost three years. And he was like, I mean, realistically, no, I wouldn't be mad at you. But I think you have other aspirations um, outside of, like, it was financial. He was trying to try to be nice. He's like, you want these things in life, and the money you put towards the coach won't let you get those things. So it's up to you. I was like, right, right, right. I set these goals. But it is, I found myself, like, not holding myself accountable. And um, I could tell right away because, like, my gut, my bio, like, gut health was all messed up, um, bloated, swollen, not eating enough. I went back to not eating enough, and I know I need five meals a day. I need, because I'm burning, just sitting, I'm burning more calories than the average person due to how hard I hit my workouts, and I wasn't eating enough, and then if you don't eat enough, you store your fat, because your body goes, oh no, there's not enough fuel, we're going into starvation mode, hold, 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 and that's why people think, why am I not losing it? Well, Well, and you're definitely packing around more muscle than you need. Yes. (laughs) And I just like, I'm very hot all the time. (laughs) But, But, um... It's scary. I was like, I had a, yeah, my moment was, I can't do this without him. Um, I need my blanket. I need my safety place back. I need my coach. And I was like, no, I don't. Literally, what I don't, I could literally just go back to the plans I had and redo the plans if I needed to. That scared. I mean, I have almost three worth of plans of like three years of plans of bulking, cleaning, maintaining, cutting, getting stage ready, getting ready to go. And it's just like, I don't need to do that because I realized I wasn't doing it for me that's the scariest part about the coach. I dropped, dropped him. It's a hard word. I had to let him go due to the fact that we were moving and getting married. And I also just didn't have the finances anymore to keep paying someone for the stuff I wanted in my home. So it's, it was a whirlwind, not checking in every Friday, which now I realize I need to check in with myself every Friday. I need to take pictures and send them to Rob or to, to you or to whoever maybe, you know, that needs 
that can help me. But it's like I need to check in every Friday. I realize that's what was kind of driving me crazy at the time. It was kind of like, are you following it? Are you going to the gym? Yeah, it's a weird thought, but it's a lot easier to give up yourself than it is to give up, or not give up yourself, but kind of cheat yourself out of a couple reps or cheat yourself out of like a meal than it is to lie to the coach or whatever and say, I didn't do it. You know, like I feel really accountable to other people and like my word is my word. And when I say like I'm going to follow the plan, I'm going to do it, I'm going to be strict. And, you know, if I mess up, it's hard to go to that person and say, hey, like I quit on you or like, hey, I didn't hit my goals. But, you know, you can do some mental gymnastics in your head and be like, well, if I just eat this like one extra meal today, I can eat one better meal tomorrow. And like, you know, it's easier to give up on yourself than it is to disappoint somebody. Yeah, and I just think Tyler and I created this relationship that was really different from most of his clients now. Um, I was one of his, like, first 30 or so clients that he had. Now he has a lot. And I just checked in with him every Friday, texted him whenever I wanted to. Um, and I, we just kind of had fun with it. He'd be like, let's see if we can grow your quads bigger. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. And he's like, let's see if we can get your, Quadzilla. Sh- your shoulders bigger. And I'm like, no. And he's like, let's try. And I'm like, okay. Um. I mean, I'm built like a linebacker at this point right now, <laughs> but definitely could get on stage probably in like six months if I really wanted to. But would you ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Rob and I talked about this um today. I'm I wouldn't do it for me, and it'd be really, really unhealthy. Uh, and I think shows now. I don't know if people follow the people that I follow or have the explore page I have. People think doing the show makes you healthy. People think if you step on stage, win or lose, you're healthy because you starved yourself. Literally, that's what you do. Um, to tell, to have people tell you, you didn't starve yourself enough. Yeah. It's crazy. And there you're have not been times. Dry enough, you, yeah. know, you need a boob job. You don't you're have the blah blah blah. Like, yeah, like why isn't your left teardrop above your knee not split tight enough? You know, it's like I don't think I could. I'm so hard on myself already. I don't think I could handle someone telling me you didn't do enough to get that. But then also I'm like, I want to do it to see if I can do it. Because I know I could do it. I'm like, could I do it though? Could I go to that like Tricky Jackson in October and get on stage? Um, what, what, you know, what would I do? Wellness? Would I do bodybuilding? No, probably not. Um, I'd have to be real big. I couldn't do bikini because that's real small. I don't want to be that muscle. But I feel like I could really succeed in wellness. But that's money. First, it's a financial thing. I mean, yeah. those boots cost like $800. Yeah, and you got the fake tan, the professional tan, the makeup, the jewelry, entry fees. Um, I don't know. I think Tyler and I could do wonders if I stepped on show. But I, at the end of the day, I'm doing it for his business. Yeah. Um, he's gotten a lot of clients based off of my photos from what he's told me. Um, people like reach out like, hey, I like her physique. Someone looks like her. It's always, you know, very nice to hear. But then people aren't doing it for themselves. So I always feel like, wait, let me tell them don't do it for me. <laughs> do it for yourself. But the show is just, I don't know. It it would be a mental thing. I would need to have a really good support system because, I mean, I have the whole post-wedding week. Yeah. I'm up six pounds since my wedding and I like, had a meltdown. It's weird. I'm, look, I'm up 10 pounds. I'm just like, what? I'm, it's like six pounds. I'm like, I don't even, you can't even tell. I just look, I just don't have the delts popping out as they were before, you know, or like, I just don't look as lean. 
normal. No one should be that small at my height frame. So this is something that a lot of people who um, not even necessarily pr pursue bodybuilding, but just do that style of training, it's so focused on your physique picking apart every muscle group and I, I ask you this because I have this issue like do you have any trouble with like body dysmorphia like you don't feel like you look up to it yes I actually experienced that this week it was the first time I actually had to like reach out to two of my best friends and tell them yo I'm like really don't understand what I'm seeing right now like sent them photos of myself currently I was like why do I feel like I look x y and z and it's because I just trained and ate some meals. I mean, I was like, I was eating 60 carbs a day for six weeks to get to the body I wanted for my dress. And I think now, that's why I think I realized I can't do a show. Like, gosh, post-show would be horrible for me. But I, that's why I think photos, for all of you out there, take photos of yourself. Um, don't do it every, don't do it every week if you feel like that mentally isn't well for you. But, like, try to do it, like, every couple of weeks, because your body really fluctuates a lot, depending on the season, what you're putting into it, if you're hydrating enough, uh, not hydrating enough, because if I'm having a moment, I'll just scroll back to two years ago and click on that photo and be like, I'm nowhere near that. I'm really glad you said that, because that's actually exactly what I do. Like, I look at my stomach all the time, and I'm like, man, it looks like it's only getting smaller, like, I'm not making any progress. And then I, like, look back at pictures from a year ago, and, like, it's a whole different world. But whenever I look at it, I see myself every day in the mirror, and I don't, like, notice these changes. And sometimes I swear I still feel like I look like I did at 350 pounds, and it drives me nuts. And, like, I know, like, rationally that's not the case. But when I look, I'm like, man, my stomach is huge. And then I look back at the photos, and, like, it, what you're saying is exactly what I do, and it kind of brings me back down to where I need to be. So... I'm kind of glad you gave the solution there. How uh, often would you suggest that people do take progress photos, measurements, like those kind of things to keep themselves in check? Well, if you've never done it before, you need to create a routine. So don't do it every day. Stop. Never do anything every day. Don't step on the scale every day. And don't take photos every day unless you're literally weeks out from a show. And that's, that's the only reason why you should be doing that. I would say I, if you can't do it every week, if it just doesn't feel right to you, every two weeks, I would try to just take photos of yourself. And if you struggle looking at them, which there have been days, don't look at them. Come back to them a little bit. Don't look at them right after. I've done that multiple times. Where I take a photo. I'm like, I'm not going to be happy with this. I'm just going to do something that makes me happy. Um, you know, give myself a pep talk. And then, like, in 30 minutes or an hour, I'll look at my photos. Because you know you've had a bad week, you're going to have bad photos. Kind of just works out. So... Routine or just try to measurements is depends on what your plan is. I mean, once a month, take measurements of yourself, like your thighs, your chest, your waist, um, hips, the main ones that people really lose their weight in, and just keep a log of it once a month if you're trying to lose weight and trying to, you know, get on track because they will change. It may not happen every month, but they will. I'm a big fan of the measurements because, you know, as you know, sometimes a lot of times the scale just like doesn't move, but the um, size of your body does. Like you'll go down a pant size, but you might stay the same weight. So things like that um, that are not scale focused, I think, are um, kind of the best thing that 
indicator of progress. I mean, overall, the scale number does matter, but at the end of the day, what really, really matters, like the most important thing is how you feel, how you look, um, and that type of thing. So you've said a couple times, like, you're, you're not a person who weighs yourself every day. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. What's, so what's the logic behind that? Oh, that becomes very, in my mind, personal opinion, it's very negative, toxic habit you can get into. Because if you get on the scale every day. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, if you get on the scale every day and it doesn't move every day, like even a point pound, that is when negative habits, particularly for women, I would say, have, you know, most experienced that with my girlfriends and my sisters. doesn't move, you're doing something every day to hopefully make some fixes. Skip a meal, you're running an extra mile, you're doing 30 minutes of cardio, you're doing sit-ups randomly in your house. And it becomes something where it's like, the scale ain't shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I have looked like I weighed 135 pounds and I weighed 165. It, the scale only matters if you're just trying to actively lose weight and you're just trying to see the weight come off. It's not going to happen daily. People usually gain about four to five pounds, four to five pounds a day, just based off of being upright. Yeah. You're not down, laying down. Obviously, the most important way to weigh yourself is you get up, use the restroom, weigh yourself, because that'll be when you're your lowest weight. Um, kind of like when you do your fasted blood and stuff like that. But I just don't think it's healthy because if it doesn't move, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do something to make it move, and then that's when toxic habits can form in your life, and you start to stop doing it healthy you start doing it for the weight and the number on the scale i definitely agree with all the things that you just said so i have a little bit different perspective on it because so the way that i gained my weight was kind of like what we talked about earlier was like it was just like a slow creep up that you know i stepped on the scale and i was 340 something pounds and i was like holy shit like how did i get here Mm -hmm. so i kind of like and i've talked to some other people that are that way too I don't, Brittany might disagree, but I don't feel like I have a toxic, like, relationship with the scale, but I weigh myself every day. And the reason why is because I never want to get into that mindset where it's not a priority. Mm. And so the times that I fall off is because I'm not weighing myself, right? Okay. And it's because, and it's because I'm not, like, managing the scale. I'm not, it's, it's almost a way of me self-accountable not saying like i'm up a pound that's like ruining my day i gotta go do a bunch of extra work or anything like that because that right now i'm like maintaining essentially Mm -hmm. so i don't care if the scale you know goes up a pound or down a pound as long as we're not 10 pounds like after thanksgiving um but you know it's whenever i don't when i'm not making that a priority and like visualizing it like the way i look at it is you know people like will post their goals on their like bathroom mirror and like read them every morning like i get on the scale and like that's my goal is to be fit. I don't know. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. I definitely think. Okay. So then I wouldn't say to the majority of people, I say don't weigh yourself every day. But if it's something that doesn't become a trigger for you, for sure, hop on the train, hop on the scale every day, it would be a trigger for me. It would, I would not be healthy. I would form very unhealthy habits if I went on the scale every day. Well, that's a prime example of like everybody having a different Right. Like, I know if I don't at least do 30 minutes of activity every day, then that's, like, that to me is, like, my holding myself accountable. If I get up and 
pace the floor for 30 minutes. That's something to calm my mind, which is like kind of like holding myself accountable. I got up and moved today. Even if it wasn't a full-blown weightlifting or cardio session or hit exercise or just band stretching, like I just did something. That's like the scale for you. That's what it is for me. It's like holds me accountable get up and move at least 30 minutes probably it's like where that's like get up and play thing as a <laughs> child comes it's back etched in your memory from right. childhood. so we have talked a little bit about the transformation you made but right like so you for the first time in your life really you kind of were on the verge of overweight like in college and then you've like swung all the way the other way like you know pretty close to stage ready relatively like what you said and what did your, what's the difference between your diet and training in those two times in your life? Like, completely different now? Oh, like, night and day. Like, I was buying healthy foods at the grocery store and eating healthy meals and, you know, rice, chicken, broccoli. But the training wasn't there. So I'm probably different from most people. Most people, the training's there, the nutrition's not. Or they're being active, but they're not eating healthy. For That's me, the way that I think. Yeah, like, I was eating healthy-ish, like, remove all the drinking I was doing, then, yeah, but the training, I wasn't going in with a plan, and I think it's really helpful when people have a plan to go into any, obviously, you go into a room with a plan, you go into the gym with a plan, you go to work with a plan, like, go into the gym with a plan, at least something, don't just go in and be like, what am I going to do today, because you're not going to have an effective workout, unless you specifically go in today, I just want to do whatever feels right. But it feels good. Like, if it's a 30-minute hit, you just don't know. Okay, but, like, if you have goals in mind, you should go in with a plan because there's no way you're going to execute without a plan. So did you have to make, like, a mindset shift in order to lose the weight and then, like, make this transformation? Yeah, I mentally had to dig deep. I had to, like, How really. Uh, How does that? How does that work for Erica? What's that look like in Erica's mind? In Erica's mind, it's, I mean, it's weird. It's ne- It's the good negative talk. Yeah. It's the, it's not the, like, you're a POS, go run 40 miles. It's, do you want this bad enough? Do you really want to lose the weight? Do you really want to get on track? And I have the education knowing that you have to do, you know what, right now it's, like, slipping my mind, but it's, like, 30 days become a habit, or yeah, yeah. the 60 days become a routine, something like that, like, that ingrained that in my brain, and that's why I tell people when they start a plan, or if I've given them, like, you know, a short workout plan with some nutrients, I'm not a dietitian, so I don't give people, I just advise them what foods to buy, um, two weeks, minimum, do it for two weeks, if you don't love it, change it, but at least two weeks, because you're not going to, your body loves habits, like, your body knows when you're in bed. You know, like, subconsciously, you're just like, we're in bed, so it's time to go to sleep. So, like, you can train your mind to get ready for your routine and your plan and what you have coming up. And that's, like, what I had to do. I, like, train myself like a dog, basically. It's, like, weird saying like that, but the tricks, like, coming home from class and having my gym clothes laid out. Um, having a water bottle that, like, had the different levels labeled off for how much water I should be drinking. And just little things like that. Like, I got myself new gym shoes. And I was like, I want to show off my new gym shoes. Where can I show them off? The gym. So just little things. that, I, And I just really had a negative.
myself talk to myself like you want it bad enough do you really want to do you want like the physique that you claim you want how are you going to do that you're not going to do it by watching Grey's Anatomy over and over again like I have to get off the couch and I have to do 30 minutes of something every day well I think that's usually the like the the habit you know I, I say the same thing but in a different way like I always say um success is contagious and like momentum builds on itself so you know just like Monday kind of sets the tone for me like if I miss the gym on Monday like the whole week is really just yes. like going downhill and you know it was this week I think it was Monday or Tuesday but I was like all I could think about all day was like I, I've had pretty much a week off the gym and eating and all that kind of stuff and that was planned right but it was like you know Monday I was thinking like I'm unmotivated I'm undisciplined blah 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 I'm like losing control so the only thing to do at that point in my mind is come in here lift my ass off I had like a, a nasty leg day and then I take her out the next day and then that builds on each other like have I been perfect since then no but I've been a hell of a lot better than <laughs> I was the week before and next week I can promise you that I'll be better than that because like I'm back in the swing of things yes that's exactly what need. I need that I mean we moved well so we got married we went on a honeymoon then we were supposed to move to our house house isn't ready right across the road living in your garage <laughs> and <laughs> Um, I was off track and it was really hard to get back in the gym and really hard to like get myself motivated. And what I do, I pulled up one of my old plans from Tyler and I boom, I'm back. Like, it's like, I never left. Um, and I lost the weight immediately. It was all water weight and stress holding onto it. It's a big thing to hold on to the stress weight. Like I'm sure people know a lot about that. Your stomach will hold on to the stress weight. People are like that. We're bloating and digestion and distended stomach. I get that so bad when I'm stressed. So need to get back in the swing of things i mean i just really need one day i just need to wake up make my morning meal make my pre-make my lunch and have my protein shake ready and go to the gym and i was like i never missed a day one of the like best ways that i think about this and this is a personal analogy but like it only takes one spark to start a fire and that's like exactly how i feel like it takes like that one spark it's been a slow burn like building up <laughs> but like the fire has started and we're ready to go um so I think that's awesome. One thing that, with all your knowledge, experience, and all that kind of stuff, like one thing I wanted to talk about was a lot of people who, you know, that I know listen to my show, they are on this weight loss journey and are losing like a ton of weight but have never uh, strength trained at all. Like they usually are, you know, they start off by walking, uh, getting their nutrition dialed in. But, you know, I try to encourage everyone to, take up strength training in some way, shape, or form. You know, it's better. I think there's, like, studies that say, like, it improves your all-cause mentality and all kinds of stuff, right? right. So um, how does someone who is overweight, maybe scared to go to the gym, how do they get started? What kind of stuff, like, do you recommend? Those types of questions. So one thing that I always tell people who have never done weightlifting at all um, never stepped into a gym. It can be very intimidating. So this is not like an ad or promotion. I really like Katie Hearn's fitness app. Um, you can do it at home or in a gym, which is great for right now during the pandemic. And it's a very small monthly fee. It's probably as much as a Starbucks cup of coffee. And you, she gives you tutorials, videos, different plans, different weights, um, you know, different ways to lift them, upper body, lower body, all of that stuff. And I think that's a great way to start. 
um, if you don't know, that's one I really recommend to people. There's a lot of people out there who act like they know what they're doing, and they're going to give you a plan that actually works too. So I like those, like, 30-day Bix quicks. Like, you want somebody that's just, like, posting stuff just for health knowledge, and that's all Katie Hearn did was post that. Just, you all like my workouts. This is not a plan. This is just to get you all more familiar with the gym, and you can do it at home as well. And here's how you can do it at home. And I think that's the best way to get into the gym is to watch people how to correct. The best way to get into fitness is correct form. You do not have to lift heavy weight to create the muscle and to create the tension and break down the muscle and rebuild it, blah, 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 all that, you know, Greek stuff or um, biology stuff that no one likes to hear about. But it's correct form. Watch people do correct form and you will see your body change. You're doing incorrect form. You're actually not going to hit the muscles you actually want to hit. Um, you won't activate what you need to be activating, and will hurt yourself or injure yourself or actually never do what you want to be doing. So definitely um, form. So that is K-A-T-Y-H-E-R-N. That's mm-hmm. her Instagram name, which is Katie Hearn. Um, check her out. I'll put the link in the description as well. But um, that is a good app. I've seen it. I followed her constantly on her home stories and Bellman stories. They're cool people and good to follow. But, um, you know, I saw a tweet just the other day. I can't remember who it was from. I can't remember what it was. But um, I think it was the squad doctor or whatever. But um, it basically said, like, every time an athlete or a lifter takes the bar or weight in their hand, the goal should be um, perfect execution, Mm -hmm. right? And I truly believe that. That's one thing I really try to pride myself on is that, like, when I lift, I'm doing it with form. Yeah, whenever I test my maxes, which is, like, super, super, super rare, like, maybe once a year, like, because I'm not – it's not my goal, but I do want to show progression. Um, You know, things might get a little sloppy, but not nearly as much as they would because all year I'm practicing that perfect form. I'm developing, like, those muscle patterns and all that kind of stuff um, or movement patterns. And – that is like the key. That is how people get hurt is um, they take too heavy of a load without being prepared for it, um, try to push it to failure. Uh, and so in my opinion, when someone starts, it should be a long time till you push anything, mm-hmm. anything to failure, right? Like I try to cut it off to like 80% is, you know, that's those are kind of the ranges that I work in, like 80% until I stop. If I do go to failure, it's a lower weight that I've done for like a lot of reps. Yeah. Try to keep my form tight, that kind of thing. So, definitely, like, spot on. Two things that I say to people, move with a purpose. Move with a purpose. Go to the gym with a purpose. Um, like, have a reason why you're doing the movement. And be in the moment when you're doing your lifts. Think about what you're lifting. Think about what you're doing. Don't just, like, mindlessly lift. Don't just mindlessly be doing a movement. Move with a purpose. And you should know what your purpose is. I'm doing a bicep curl. Your arm should be, you know, tight against the body. You know, not super slow, but not you're not repping fast, not repping super slow. You're just good pace, pace, form. Like I'm telling you, like I've Some seen guys. Like, most people like have a very quick turnaround. Like I bet you, the guys and girls that throw up weight really, really fast. They couldn't do it if you told them to do three-second eccentrics, which some people are like, what did you just say? It's like going really slow down and like controlling the weight. That's the biggest thing. When you first get in the gym, control what you're moving. I lift five-pound weights most of the time when I'm doing kind of any shoulder movement. The shoulders, 
so unstable sometimes. And I just want to make sure I don't injure myself. And the slower that, you know, the more controlled it is, I'm definitely working the area I want to be working. So form, control, purpose. I think those are three big things that help people when they get in to weightlifting. All right. So we're on the topic of weightlifting. So I have a question on a slightly different subject. What do you tell girls who are scared of getting results? Oh, shit. Yeah, you see this? <laughs> it's on Facebook. It's on every, like, weight loss group I've ever seen. You won't get bulky if you do my plan. Yeah. 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 Um, It's rare. Oh, my gosh. I've been doing this for three years, and I'm now what people would probably be like, Yo, he's jacked. Yes, right now I am sitting here over here, like. I mean, I jacked. consider you jacked, but I still don't consider you like bulky. Yeah, like bulky, like uh, you're like you're a very slim like lady, but like it's you're not like I don't know. I guess that's the difference between like bodybuilding and mm-hmm. physique. I guess yeah. You're not gonna get bulky. You're you're not. Um, if you're, I've been trying to get bulky <laughs> you're not like it's just not gonna happen unless you're really eating heavy. You're eating good. Yeah. <laughs> you're throwing those calories in, and you're lifting heavy weights, and you're in the gym, and you're really pushing, pushing, pushing for girls. And we, you got to do all that like five minutes. Yeah, and then maybe, maybe you can get bulky, bulky with like a razzle dazzle around it. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> like not bulky. Just oh, he's kind of bulky. <laughs> but it's not gonna happen. It's not. Most girls are holding on to a lot of fat. We. That's our genetics. We have the lower fat. We have the outside fat. We have the inside fat of our thighs. We have our butt fat, boob fat. That's all boobs are, fat people. I mean, boobs. But <laughs> like, it's like you're not. You're just going to burn your fat off, and then you're going to show your muscle. And if you don't want to get defined, don't get defined. Don't be curling 35s. You'll be fine. Like if you want the nice dainty arms, which a lot of girls want. I said dainty wrong. I shouldn't have said it like that. But like, if you want the nice slender arm. Just do a normal weight that feels good to you that, you know, gets the sweat going. Don't try to push yourself to the point where you, like, want to be like me. What's my goal? I want to hit 55 on shoulder press again. Some girls are like, what? I'm like, that's my goal. I, that's what I want to do. But if you don't want shoulders like mine, which took me three years to get shoulders like mine, do what feels right for you. Make sure you're pushing yourself, you know, out of your comfort zone. Don't be throwing up heavy, heavy weight. First off, if you can't do it, that's dangerous, too. You're just not going to pack on that much muscle. Yeah, you have to know your goals and what your aims are, right? Yeah. Like, the average person who is lifting for um, health and just to generally be healthy, like, in my opinion, I could be completely wrong. I'm not an expert, but, like, three or four days in the, a week in the gym, like, lifting 30, 45 minutes, like, nothing crazy is – going to help you achieve like your goals right yeah. losing weight being fit and healthy in general and like what we do five six plus days a week in the gym like grinding hard for an hour and a half or whatever is it's for a goal yeah you know, it's a different purpose and the people that you see in the gym that are jacked and stuff like that they didn't get that way three days a week 20 30 minutes yeah in 20 30 minutes great time to be in the gym and yeah. you you know as long as you're pushing yourself you break a sweat you feel good your heart rates up that's the main thing get your heart rate up excuse me yeah you get your heart rate up feel good get a little sweat going if you take 30 minutes to do that great if you have goals of i want quad separation well we're gonna have to do a little bit more than like 
yeah, you just that's just that's just the body. That's just the science behind it. And girls are like, I don't, I don't want to lift weights because I want to get bulky. I'm like, you're not, you're really not. And if you do, you have phenomenal gen- genetics, and we should, <laughs> we should get you somewhere. <laughs> like, you can make money for doing that. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it is so. It's scary. We've made the gym a scary place for women. Um, and it, I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna get down this road, but it can be creepy for people depending where you live. What kind of guys you have in the gym. Girls just don't feel intimidated because they want to lift weights because they're, I mean, this probably has never happened to you. Have you ever had a guy come up to you and be like, hey, man, your form. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about your form. You, you want me to show you? Here, come over here. Let me, let me show you. Let me, let me touch your arm and try to have you do the, do the motion. Yeah. That happens. And. But on the flip side for that, it almost, yeah. like, it makes you feel like if you are a genuine person, you do need, for example, I saw a I'm you sure. Know, mm-hmm. You know, and like I wanted to be like, hey, like I can help you out. Like, not even you know, not touching your aggressive. Just like there's show differences. Like a dim- yeah. I know, but like for a person like me, knowing what you just said, like, and obviously you've seen some creepy people like on Instagram and all that stuff. Like, that makes it like intimidating for me to want to help someone like that. So it yeah. almost works both ways. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think just now though, most girls know guys in gym. I've had yeah. g- I've had guys approach me and be like you're doing it wrong and I'm like show me and I'm like no you're actually doing it wrong because <laughs> I actually have my personal training license and I'm a group fitness instructor and I've been doing this for three years like and I have a kid and then I have to correct them <laughs> it's yeah. just always a fun moment but yeah there's I've seen I've seen it happen in the gym before I'm like you're always being weird going up there like fine she's doing you know and it makes her uncomfortable but I've also yeah. been the person to approach them I have and two of I've done to girls and guys and been like really gonna hurt yourself and i'm not coming off as condescending i'm just saying like i think you could really kill this workout and really get an awesome lift in if you like please just like put your shoulders in a little bit or i'll like just say it in a different delivery. way yeah it's delivery of the message like hey like always you know stack it sandwich wise always like yeah. compliment <laughs> them tell them what they're sandwich. doing wrong compliment them again yeah it's a compliment yeah. sandwich or like the whatever it is and i always do that and it's i mean some guys have taken offense like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, bet you 20 bucks if you do it. That way you'll feel better. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I lose every time because, you know, they feel better. But yeah. or I win every time. Not they lose every time. So it's, it is a touchy subject for girls in the gym. But you're not going to get, bottom line, you're not going to get bulky unless you're throwing down them egg whites and them chicken and them steak <laughs> and you're eating heavy <laughs> and you're lifting heavy weights. Then, yes, girl, you're going to get bulky. <laughs> but if you're just, you know, eating four meals a day, or five meals a day, um, you know, drinking good amounts of water and sleeping and getting in the gym for 30 minutes, 40 minutes for three, four times a week, you're just going to get healthy. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Like, you're going to be healthy. That's the best way to be. Um, so, what has been the hardest part of this journey for you? Like, your journey to get fit, stay fit, stay in the gym, stay engaged, like this whole thing, what's been the toughest part? Remembering why I'm doing it. So there's a saying out there, some smart person said it, it was like, if you don't focus on your health, if you don't like give, what is that saying? If you don't focus on your health, you're going to have to focus on your illness or disease. You know, if you don't put the time in for your health, you're going to have to put the time in for your disease. And disease doesn't stop. You know, once it starts, unless you nip it in the butt. But, like, most times, it's something you have to battle for a while. 
So I think that's what kind of always brings me back full circle is why am I really doing this? Because I have lost. I mean, there have been times, like, there's one specific time that I had to, like, text Tyler and be like, I'm done, dude. It was, like, random. It's like, a Monday, I think. It's like, I'm done. Done eating. Done working out. Don't care anymore. I don't care what you say to me. I'm done talking to you. <laughs> it's like, and he didn't do anything. He's not like he like yelled at me or something. He was like, yeah. pick up that pace. Like he's never been that kind of coach. He's always been really supportive and just he's been honest with me. Like, hey, I'm how many tacos do you eat? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I have to like the biggest struggle is why am I doing it? Why am I? And it's like you have to look in the mirror. Like I'm doing it for you. Like I'm doing it so I can live. I'm doing it so I can breathe. I'm doing it so I can wake up. I'm doing it so I can trust my body when I go to sleep. I'm gonna wake up. Like I'm doing it to stay healthy. And it's like that's where it's flipped for me without having a coach is my insides need to be healthy. And I think people forget that it's because it's so superficial. And it's like the easiest thing you see is your body. You see your skin. You see the rolls. You see stretch marks. You see the weight. But you actually, I wish we could just create something where we could see the inside. You know, just like straight up when yeah, you come like here. Like a meter, like how good your insides are. Yeah, like how much fat is around my heart right now, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like that really will kick people into gear, and that's what I'm saying. People's moments is those scary moments, but like I'm all about prevent, don't prescribe. I really, that's like why I went to school. It's why I'm going back to school for my PhD. Is I'm all about the prevent. I don't want people to get prescribed. I'm so off that prescribed train. It's that's why I do it. I do it so I don't. I can prevent myself. As much as I'm doing everything in my power to be healthy and to, like, just feel, like, I never want to get back to the point where I, like, felt so bad. Like, I couldn't, like, walk up a flight of stairs without being, like, other people are like, oh, she only weighed, like, almost 190 pounds, you know? Like, but it's, like, for me, like, I was, like, I was lethargic. I was not moving around. Yeah, but you can, like, if you just were there where you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have had that realization would flip in your mind like you could have been 200 210 whatever you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like you could have easily gone that way and you did like allow yourself to get you know a certain length down that path right even with all the education and stuff you yeah. have, right? so like it's such a mental thing and you know i personally think like i've heard this said before i don't know where but like for me it was like having that no option mentality and what I mean by that like doing the stuff that I do is not an option because like that doctor said like I was going down the path to die early essentially if I don't do what I'm doing now that's the path I'm going back to it's not an option I don't have an option to do this stuff I have to I mean I have an option to chase bodybuilding or whatever but I don't have an option to not eat healthy if I want to eat healthy it's not I mean it's not a I should do this. It's I have to do this. Yeah. And I think people forget you have one body. Like, that's it. You have one body. That's, that, that's it. I mean, you can alter it as much as you want, which to me is the most crazy thing and the coolest thing is how much you can adapt and change, which is why, you know, I had a coach for so long. I mean, we've made my body look 10 different ways at some point. I was, like, thin. I was, like, big, you know, like, bulky, I would say, at some points. Um. But it's like, you only have one. So I was like, this is fun. I can alter my body healthily for fun. But I didn't get to that point until I realized I only have one body. And I was like, my liver, done. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Been in the oven too long. (laughs) As we have a beer while we're 
safely, oh. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the body is an absolutely crazy machine. Like, I think about it all the time. Is like, my body was literally 350 pounds and couldn't walk a mile, and then I ran out of energy. Like, just the... Just that alone, like, is enough to be like, holy shit, like, it's a whole different piece of equipment then, you know, like, the, the change. And everyone can do it. And you're listening to this, and you go, wow, they have crazy stories. I could never, no, you can't. I'm telling you right now, you can do it. And if you need me to DM you every day saying you can do it and text you every day, I will. I've done that for friends before who really just needed that every day. Checked in with them every morning, every night for, like, 10 weeks straight every morning hey get up have a good day drink your water take your multivitamin see you at the gym later if you need to go to the gym like you told you see you at the gym later send a snap hey i'm at the gym you know check in at night hey drink your glass of water pretty good take your other medicine you need and talk tomorrow and just find someone the biggest thing i found with me is like why am i doing this you know i'm doing this for myself but like find people tell people tell people hey i want to lose weight Hey, I want to eat healthy. Tell your spouse, your partners, your friends, your kids. The more people who know what you want to do, will you feed it. The more it people you're accountable to. Yeah, and they're like, hey, man, how's that weight loss journey going? I'm like, going. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, yeah, so it's like, tell people, speak it, tell it on Facebook. I mean, hey, guys, I need support. I'm going to go on my weight loss journey. I need support. I'm going to create a Facebook page for my support. I'm going to create a group chat for my support. People will support you. People love supporting other people. It's just really hard to support yourself. Shameless plug today, I started the uh, Hungry for Success Community private Facebook group for people to uh, join, get some uh, check-ins, some accountability mm-hmm. from the, the whole community. Maybe we can get Erica in there. Oh, my gosh. I will be your health coach. That's also something I'm doing um, this upcoming year. So I'll be going back for a PhD in the fall. Fingers crossed. Like, you know, COVID lets me. And... Um, going to be a certified health coach because awesome. I just love pumping people up. I mean, I need to pump myself up sometimes more too, but it's like, I love helping people change. Like, I don't know if Ryan Smith ever told you this, our friend Ryan. Um, I gave him a plan. He lost five pounds in the first week. I was like, heck yes. Stop doing it. But <laughs> I was like, heck yes. And I realized like, oh my gosh, that's why I love group fitness teaching. I would love to start like an online group fitness class and be like a health coach for my participants and help myself get to my next goal. So that's like the end goal for me. God knows like I want to be a health coach and do group fitness for the rest of my life. Well, it's awesome because I was going to ask you about goals, but you just kind of like put it out there. Yeah. I love when people publish their goals on the podcast because they can like say like, you know, like stop doing this and like do this and like just get your shit together. Yeah. Get your shit together. First. Versus PhD um, in health and psychology because I think that's the most important part is to be a health coach. You gotta figure out more about how the brain works and how people think. People think differently, but we all kind of think on the same path. We're all in the same boat, going the same way. So that's why I feel like I have the passion to get you out of your rut or just sit in the rut with you for a little bit. I'm. If people are down, be down with them. Like, don't obviously bring them more down. But, like, let them, if they're really not ready, just tell them, like, I'm ready when you are. I'll sit here with you all day. Yeah. You know? I'll just tell you good things if you want to hear them. You just want to sit in silence. You know? That's what I think the best thing about health coaches, good health coaches, is they meet you where you are. I will never push someone until they're ready. If they say, hey, 
I'm going to laugh a little bit and push, you know. But I'll meet you where you are, wherever you are in your fitness journey. So I know that you want to get the rep competitions and the rep competitions, but a lot of times people get overweight in the first race How how did you approach someone that had consistently underrep that before? So I actually had a poor relationship with food. I think I subconsciously knew my junior and senior year of college that I was unhappy with my physique and my fitness. And I just didn't feel healthy, as I've said multiple times already. Um, so I would actually throw up, make myself throw up every time after I drank. Because um, I thought if I threw up, I'd throw up the calories and I wouldn't absorb them, which we all know that's not how it works. I mean, some people think it does. That's not how it works, people. Um, once it goes into your body, you know, your intestinal line, your stomach line will start to absorb and push it through other parts of your body. Just because it's sitting in your stomach doesn't mean it hasn't already gone somewhere. Um, it just hasn't been digested fully. So I used to do that. I actually stopped. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you when I did stop doing that. Um, probably, like, when I got into grad school. But I would, every time I drank, I'd make myself throw up. Um, every time I got home or wherever I was. <laughs> if I was, like, walking home, I would be like, hold on, I need to go, like, pee. They'd be like, oh, Erica's, like, throwing up again. And literally, then I was, like, making myself. Because, like, I would feel better in the morning. Not because I didn't want to be hung over or anything. It'd just be because I wouldn't have those calories in my body. Yeah, because it's, like, I wouldn't do it with food. It's a really weird mental concept. Because, like, I would eat bad food, but I wouldn't go throw that up. It would just be after... Even, like, even if I was, like, real gone in the night, you know, bye-bye, I would still do it um, in that state. So it's hard. But the first thing you have to do, I mean, you have to recognize that's what you're doing. And the hardest thing is you have to admit. You have to admit, and you have to say it out loud to yourself in the mirror. Don't, like, yes, telling others, but you have to tell yourself in the mirror. And it's, like, probably one of the hardest things. So, again, meet people where they are. First thing would be to write it down if you can. Um, or to tell a loved one or a friend. Or tell it to yourself in the car. But, like, I think the hardest one for me is maybe, like, just looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I do this when I do this. Yeah. And or then, if you, like, yeah. really need to admit that that's not enough. Yes. Or if you, like, think that's not enough, there's so many great resources out there for people to use to help them be honest with themselves. Honesty is the worst. We're so bad at being honest with ourselves. People are like totally know how to like get around the bush with ourselves. Like I only do it every now and then, so it's not that problem. So like every now and then's like every day, but like not all day every day. Yeah. So right. I just think people with I mean, that's, I have no expertise in that area, and I would just tell people, professional, for sure. I think professional help with all that, throughout the whole process, would be really great for you to have a different kind of support system. A health coach would be really good for you um, if you have an issue like that. And, I mean, it's, this is going to sound weird to some people, probably, but you need to forgive yourself. I mean, you are, that's really hard stuff you put your body through. Forgive yourself for doing that all the years or you're still doing it. Forgive yourself. It's like you're struggling. Just struggle. 
and someone know about it, tell somebody, if you can, tell your diary, small steps, but I think at the end of the day, you can just admit it to yourself, and then forgive yourself immediately, because once you admit it, it kind of feels good, but then you also feel bad about it, and guilty, so just want to encourage people. So, all right, just a couple more questions before we get off this stupid topic. Oh, God. Is, <laughs> so, one is, when do you think people should, not were like, when you were, right, but, okay, so say I'm the advocate, I have 20, 30 pounds to lose, like, should, should that person um, be a health coach? Like, what, what is it that, is there certain things that you think that should be a health coach, or know should people do it on their own what do you think so I did it on my own but I also have different backgrounds I had 20 well, I had 30 pounds to lose so what I needed to do is I started to go to Google and YouTube again because I knew what I needed to do but I didn't I didn't trust myself so I went to I looked up like professionals um, and looked up dietitians and nutritionists and simple plans and simple eating stuff like that I think if you think you have the willpower and the accountability for yourself to like start looking up stuff, I would. I would go to the internet first. Um, it could be dark places and like some bad evil <laughs> stuff can be on there. So definitely like reach out to Michael <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't like your manager's good. Um, or me, I can tell you. But if you feel like you can do it on your own, um, try. Yeah, hell yeah, try it. But if you're at a point where like, I really can't do this on my own, support group. Um, like a uh, hunger for success community group, um, your doctor, your get a health coach, a dietitian, kind of get all in one sometimes. Health coach can be a little bit of like some health coaches are like dietitians and personal trainers and stuff like that. So I'd be like a health coach that has group fitness because I mean that's personal to me. So I have a little bit of yeah. I'm mean, definitely not a dietitian or nutritionist, so I would lean you in that direction. Definitely for people who are like really overweight and have a lot of weight to lose. Um, it can be dangerous to lose a lot of weight fast because um, your body is very used to living in a state of not being like that. And so I highly, highly recommend a nutritionist um, to help you get started with nutrition and knowing like what foods to eat, how to eat, how to prepare for meals. Because like it can, you you know, drop your blood pressure real fast. Last question I ask everybody. So, if you could give the listeners to the show one simple piece of advice that they could implement today to help them along their journey, what would that be? Accept where you are, but do the work to change where you are. You have to come to acceptance of where you are. I am overweight. I am X amount of pounds. I am not living a healthy lifestyle. Accept that. That's reality. So maybe accept just like that I'm not so great, but like be accepting of the reality you're in right now. But but do the work to change your reality because you can do it. I think a lot of people live with the blinders on and they're they try to hide the lifestyle they're living and they try to pretend that this isn't really where they are. You gotta accept it. This is where you are. But that's okay. Because Acceptance is the first change. Accept the change. Got to accept it, and then change will happen. And if you accept where you are, 
doesn't mean stay where you are. That's where, like, the whole movement I don't love so much. But accept it to be willing to change it. Because you can't just change it unless you accept this is what has happened. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, it's like truly evaluate where you're at right now. Don't punish yourself for the past. Mm-hmm. But definitely move forward intentionally to achieve your goals. And that's why I tell everyone to chase your goals. That's why the name of the show is Hungry for Success. Because if you want to be successful, you have to stay hungry. You have to keep chasing. You got to fight for it. You got to fight for yourself. And um, to achieve those goals, that's what you have to do. And you have to know where you're starting from, make a plan, and get after it. Yeah. Just accept where you are. Forgive yourself. It happened. You're here. We're in the boat. Oh, well. It may be sinking. Forgive yourself. You can change. You can. I truly believe it. All right. Well, tell all these people where to find you on social media. Instagram. <laughs> the gram. At the Carly. It's just K-A-R-L-E underscore Darcy. <laughs> I haven't, wasn't able to. I don't change my I haven't changed my last name. So um, you can tag me. But I have been thinking about making a motivational fitness page. So be on the look for that. Just like quotes that I find that helps me get out of dark places and helps me get back on the train. Because we all fall off. The train keeps going. You can hop on it whenever you want. It doesn't stop. So do it. Do it. <laughs> all right, guys. That's a wrap. Thanks again to Erica for being on the show. Also, I just want to point out there, by the time that this episode comes out, there will be like four weeks, I think, until uh, 2021. You know, I use a quote in the show, it only takes a spark to start a fire, so why not go into 2021 um, with that fire red hot, chasing your goals, start now, don't wait till New Year's, Um, let's get after it. If you need a little extra help, a little motivation, a little accountability, check out the Hungry for Success community on Facebook. Um, If you need a link to that, DM me, leave a comment on Instagram, um, at Hungry for Success Podcast on Instagram. And with that said, stay hungry, chase your goals, and we will see you next week.